What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go to the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about campaign pacing. So pacing is a really important aspect of Dungeons and Dragons that actually doesn't get talked about a whole lot because it's something that a lot of people just don't think about in general. But anyone who, you know, ends up trying to write anything realizes that it's really important and really hard in any story to simply keep up any kind of consistent pace in a game. So before we get into too much, though, let me go first into how I define pacing. So pacing is the speed and rhythm at which things happen. So Nathan, why it would you say pacing is important for Dungeons and Dragons? Well, um, one major thing about uh, pacing is that even though like I would say applies by far much more to us since we do run a podcast where people listen to multiple episodes at a time, it does help uh, the player's experience of the game by allowing dips in the action for the characters to have time and the air to breathe to actually flesh out their personalities, their in like why why they're even doing certain things, and basically create a better image of what um, the characters are rather than just having them be nameless dwarf paladin with axe kills people. Which is why, um, if you would remember back in arc one, prior to episode five, Gorf basically had no personality and only once episode five hit, he really started to come into his own because he finally had a chance to actually, you know, um, breathe and not just be drawn in by all the combat and actually have time to do um, inter- like character interactions with Morris. Indeed. So in particular, one aspect that I really do want to focus on 
in this episode is to get the correct balance for your game between combat and story. Because there are many different play styles for Dungeons and Dragons. So there is not going to be one answer as the correct way because you and every single player at the table have different things that you will enjoy. So there is actually a really nifty section in chapter one of the Dungeon Master's Guide that is just play style. So in that, they have a pretty comprehensive list of just different things that people focus on. So I do suggest just reading through that if you have the chance, because it just is a good way to get an idea of what you and your players are looking for. So for this episode, though, we're just going to assume that you have already had access to that. And that's just not what we're going to be focusing on here. But just talking about how to achieve this correct balance to set a pace for your campaign that you're happy with. So the reason that I mention that that is the point is because if you want to, any dungeon master has the ability to just make a dungeon crawl campaign. So where it is, just fight back to back to fight again and again and again. And you can do that. There is easily enough material throughout the many, many books to just have an all combat campaign. And there are people who enjoy doing that. And for such people, that's fine to do. But part of the job of the Dungeon Master is to find that balance in order to keep everyone at the table happy. And minor side note on that, that very much does include the Dungeon Master themselves. So if you are ever trying to do something that you hate doing, then talk to your players and just say, hey, I hate doing this thing. Can we try shifting less in that direction or to just do something else entirely? So uh, when it really comes down to it, Remy, uh, I, I feel like uh, the call to pacing when it comes down to it, it's about um, the diametrically opposed um, opposition of action and downtime. That is a good way to say it. So I did mention the whole combat back to back a moment ago, but another way that that could be phrased is to just have it be action and downtime. So that actually probably is the better way to say it, because even if your players are just in a more diplomatic style campaign, if you are constantly in all of these high stakes negotiations or debates or, you know, heists, if you know you're in that style of campaign, if you are on all the time, then you will drain your energy that much faster. So in order to achieve a what I say is a good balance, you need to find what balance is the optimum for yourself and your party of uptime and downtime. And exactly what you do with those things is honestly kind of irrelevant. The point just being that much like any classic narrative, you have the rising action, the climax, and then resolution. So you need to have the constant peaks and valleys to just kind of maintain well, maintain your sanity, honestly, because if you are constantly on, then you get worn out. If you're constantly not doing anything, then that also is a problem because then you can be kind of directionless if you're not actually doing anything. And, you know, as 
everyone in the world playing Animal Crossing now knows, like there is something to be said for just having some large amount of downtime in your life to just do something calming and relaxing for long periods of time. But during a D&D game, generally speaking, you're going to be playing D&D for the intent of having at least some high magic action as part of the game. Uh, in regards to time, I would say that definitely uh, uptime and downtime are, are things that must be managed carefully. So um, let me uh, try and put it with a uh, quick example from the show uh, of Riftwake. So um, when you look at the pacing of the first arc, you'll see that a vast majority of the first few episodes are just like, go, 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 go. And it gets... By the time we hit episode five, where it all stops with the uh, conclusion that happens in four, um, there is suddenly like this kind of relaxation where I pretty much realized that, oh, once we want after all the action, it, there needs to be time for downtime. If, if there isn't any downtime, what happens is you, you basically get what happened in early on first arc where we basically didn't know the characters. People, like, I was running out of ideas on what to actually do in regards to um, the action itself because I didn't have anything to just grab onto in regards to the characters. And um, the downtime also basically gave us a chance to spend the winnings of the uh, action action period of the um, show where they finally got to spend the gold that they won from the encounters and such in a nice shopping episode. Thank you. Uh, you raised a point there that I want to actually dig a little more into. So thank you for that. So as a reason for the necessity of having downtime, besides just the energy drain aspect of things, is the fact that you're not going to have people at least for the most part, like exposit on their reactions to things during combat. Like you're not going to have talky bits during combat. So you need to have that time afterwards to let things de-stress and relax a bit more to be able to have those reaction conversations, to have those, well, shit, that was a thing type conversations after the, you know, climactic action. So you need to have reactions to your actions to get the character development from the actions that characters take. Okay, so Remy, um, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about travel. So there's different ways that travel can be represented in a campaign. So you might choose to basically play out every single day, which really, really could just stretch out the campaign in terms of um, having a lot of could what could be meaningless uh, encounters and that, that don't really contribute to the main plot. Or if you have the all the time in the world or just have a lot of really nice little ideas that you can't really find a place in the story, you can have them be mini encounters during your travels. Exactly. And this is an incredibly important thing for DMs to figure out campaign by campaign, because different players will have different reactions to preference of this. And what I mean by that is, as a DM, do you have a central story 
that you want to tell. And so you want to just have travel just be getting from point A to point B where the next thing is. Or like some outside in DMs, and again, this is myself in this list, like having travel be an incredibly slow thing like for early to medium leveled players to show, oh, there's a reason that adventurers are put up with for all of their quirks. There's a reason that a lot of people never leave their hometowns. There's a reason that you need all of these powerful people, all these large walls around cities, because travel taking time is a good way to show the danger of the world. So if you have frequent random encounters just as you travel between, you know, two cities that are a couple of weeks apart, then that shows, oh, fuck, the world is a dangerous, dangerous place, regardless of, you know, the people in it, just the world itself is not safe. But on the other hand, doing it that way takes an enormous amount of time. So trying to find that balance is hard. Because Again, this is not a you know black and white decision. This is very much shades of gray. So is it, you know, you want every single day to have random encounter rolls? Or is it just you get to the place and maybe a thing happens along the way? Or just somewhere in between? Maybe you do a roll every three days of travel, every week of travel. Finding what pace you want your travel to take is something that can vary campaign by campaign. And you should think about campaign to campaign, because sometimes you'll just have a group that just wants to get to their destination and just doesn't care about potential random encounters. On the other hand, some people like showing, you know, the things that are out there and they like saying, oh, that's a cool creature. Or, oh, there's this, you know, weird person just living in the woods that we bump into. And so that is honestly a really really tricky thing and this is actually one of those things where nathan and i are polar opposites is he is much more enjoy to just get to the destination to continue the story while i'm very much uh take you know the slow way to get there to show off you know hey there are, there are all these other things out there there are other threads that you can be pulling you know or you can just you know move along and just you know kill things on the way but that is a choice that any dungeon master is encouraged to find what is comfortable for themselves. So I was thinking about it, and um, let, let's go back to like the topic of time, and we must talk about the way that time passes within your campaign. So in between um, missions, combats, and such, how do you feel like time should pass? Should it be a case where maybe it's a day by day? Maybe you you basically come back to the characters every other like in on a weekly basis. Some some sometimes with campaigns you can have uh, things where okay, um, the party goes out for this one mission, heads back, and then you have just extended period of downtime where your party can just use all those downtime hours to train themselves on new skills and. It definitely can be used in scenarios where you're like, oh, there's this thing that's coming in a certain amount of time, but it's very far in the future. So what you can do is basically the party heads out, takes care of the issue, comes back, continues to train their abilities. And that way you can really do a quick sped up version of like 
the basically mo- montage the uh, training <laughs> the training of a character in a certain way. So that definitely is something that needs to be done a lot more of to just give players downtime in general. But Nathan, you're actually focusing a little bit too narrow just on the training of abilities side. There's actually a lot of very good charts in the Dungeon Master's Guide and Xanathar to do things with your downtime. So this is the period of time in game where, yes, players can train, but they could also use that time to make contacts, go you know shopping for magic items. They can try to craft objects. There are a number of lists and charts between those two books that have a lot of useful things for players to do when they don't have an active mission. And that actually leads me to my next point, which is what are the goals in your campaign? And I mean this from the in-world perspective more so, although an argument can certainly be made that it does also apply to out-of-game. But anyway, what is it that your players are trying to do? If you have a situation in game where it's, you know, you have one month until the celestial alignment and you're all fucked, good luck, then that puts a really strong limit on how your players or how they can use their time in game. Because if they don't want to die from whatever the catastrophe is, then they're going to hopefully be using that time to, you know, build allies, you know, try to increase their abilities as fast as they possibly can and just not be able to really take downtime in a logical way. Because if you have that kind of time limit, then that actually puts a lot more restriction on players than most dungeon masters can really appreciate in the moment. So if I would uh, add to this, let's talk about a different aspect of um, having goals. So one uh, one thing that I know as someone who's currently uh, studying game design is that typically what people find entertaining in games is having different goals so what you can have is instead of just having one core thing that the players are working towards have different things that the players are working towards so like for example you can have this larger issue at hand and then you give the players certain solutions uh up front or otherwise and they can come up with different ways of coming up with the solution. This requires a lot more planning in the short term and long term um, in general for the Dungeon Master. But what it does create is a very um, interesting experience for the players in regards to feeling like they basically can do more than they already can, despite it being already being D&D, which gives you a lot of um, leeway to do certain things. You give them more options, hence it feels like they have more ability to make change and do different things. Exactly. But a very important thing that I just need to reiterate this point also is that be cautious of timed goals. It is a good thing to have short, medium, and long-term goals in your campaign. But I do very much caution against having the short-term goal unless that short-term goal is only for a session or two. So as a good example, I'm going to do a movie reference that I know that Nathan is not going to get and will make me sad when I say this, but I got to do it anyway because hopefully most of you at home will understand this. The Princess Bride is the best movie ever made. In it, the character Inigo Montoya 
has the long-term goal of avenging his father's death. That is a long-term goal. He doesn't know how long it will take. He doesn't know where this person is, but he it's an ongoing goal, and he just weaves it in to the story when we first meet him early on of just, do you happen to have six fingers on your right hand? Just that to everyone you meet. And you, so you get the idea that he has this long-term goal. They establish it relatively quickly, but it's not something that he can really focus on at the time because, well, he's got to pay the bills. So he just is doing other work at the time to work towards his long-term goal. And in that same movie, like I said, best fucking movie, then there is a timed event that, oh, they need to stop before the wedding happens because that would be bad. So you then have the single mission with a time limit so that everyone does have to work very quickly. But it's a short time limit, which means that it, in D&D terms, that would only be a single session of play where they have to act very quickly in game in order to meet their objective. So you have this beautiful blending of short and long term goals interwoven amongst each other. And now Nathan breaks my heart by saying he's never seen that movie. What is the princess right? That movie does just illustrate the point I'm trying to make. You have the blend of short and long term goals and you are not having a long term time limit on the goal that would limit a character's ability to act. In summation, campaign pacing is a somewhat difficult thing to get right, but from the DM perspective, what you need to do is to just find the right balance of uptime and downtime, of just having rising action, climax, and falling action in your game, and having short and long-term goals for the story itself as well as the players within it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tier stars those a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content and the access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord where you'll be able to chat with the cast and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast on Facebook as Riffwake, and on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Podcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.